worship you and thank you for the privilege that you granted us to gather, O oh dear Lord of God, in your presence. And in the name of Jesus Christ, mighty King of glory, I therefore lift up Hope Community Church as a whole into your holy hands. I lift up every soul of every man, of every woman, every young man and every young lady, of every child, of every family, mighty King of glory, that is part and parcel of this particular of body of believers and of those ones who have linked with us, O oh dear Lord, even today, and they are visiting, O oh dear King of glory, with us. I command your blessing upon them. Thank you for the way you have sustained each one of us through this particular period up to this moment. We, call, we, we know we owe our lives to you, even as we have partaken of the Lord's table, remembering how you laid down your life so that we also could be able to have a chance to live. And Father, therefore, I command your mercy and your blessing upon each one. I do pray that, God, you will rebuke the devourer for the sake of your children. I pray that, blessed Redeemer, you arise and the enemy be scattered in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that, God, you'll turn around situations for the sake of your children, O King of all glory. Father, dear Lord God, just as it happened in the time when Jesus who was going across, dear Lord of God, towards to, to, to deal with Jezebel or dear Lord God and the others. Everybody who was sent against him, they were turned around and they came in to support going into the mission that he had been sent to. I pray for every one of these beloved ones who are here, those ones who are on Zoom, and those ones who are listening to us, those ones who are linked unto us, dear Lord God, in one way or another, I command your blessing upon them, that what the enemy has designed for evil Lord, you will turn it around for the good of your children. Every setback, Lord, you will turn it around and make it to be a step, a setup for divine encounters, for the glory and for the praise of your divine name. So arise in the situation of each one. Let your favor be upon your children. Let your strength be made manifest in their situation and their circumstance. Give them the grace to endure and to press through, oh dear Lord, every particular situation and until they find the victory which you have designed and ordained for them. Today I command healing upon anyone that is sick. I command that Lord your healing virtues reaches out unto every family. That Lord the sick are raised, O oh dear Lord God, from their sickness. And they are restored unto health in the name of Jesus Christ. Those who are discouraged and downcast, Lord I send the word of uplift unto them. That today they will be lifted up and they will know that you love them and you care for each each one of us, oh dear God. So thank you for the comfort and for the grace that you have bestowed upon us. And Lord, we remember our beloved ones, especially our brother Bankole and his family. Dear Lord God, as they go forth, dear Lord, in preparation for the burial of their sister. Lord, we command comfort of your spirit upon this family. We command your mercy and your grace to attend upon this family. We command that the angels of God will come and come round about them, comfort them and strengthen them even in this particular time. And Father, grant a blessing blessing, a unique blessing unto them, O oh dear Father, and your name shall be glorified. We worship you, we thank you, and we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, as we open your word, even to share what it is that you've laid in my heart, may your blessing rest upon us, and the name of the Lord be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, quickly, I would just I would like us to look, we continue, you know, we started sometimes back the, the last two times that we have shared, we've been talking on the sower, the one who went sowing seed as the son of God, 
gave that particular parable. And we touched on the soil. We said that that particular parable is more about the soil rather than the seed. And we've been touching on the aspects of the soil which you are and I am. That is the state of our hearts. And that is what it is that I'm going in to share with us to continue. We handled the aspect of standing by the wayside. And it is my prayer and my trust that we continue assessing ourselves. Let us remember, every single one of us, we've got that particular tendency. There's something that happens. As we say that the parable has more to do with the soil than, than the seed. We've said, you know, we've said that the seed has everything in it. And the seed is missing nothing that is essential for growth. Every seed has everything that is essential for growth right within it. The seed only needs to be planted. The moment it is planted in the right soil, it will grow. If it is planted in the wrong soil, it will not grow. Every soil, if you will analyze, every soil has the tendency of having its texture changed. No soil can remain the same just continuously unless it is attended to. Any soil, you leave it like that, in due time suddenly it changes from maybe a very good soil, it becomes a totally different soil. So a, a soil that was productive, if left to the elements, can easily turn to a hard and productive soil. That's what happens with, with the nature. And that is, the Lord is speaking to our hearts. That our hearts cannot remain constant, exactly the same way they are. There is always a tendency of them flipping around if we don't take care. That's why somewhere in Proverbs, the Word of God says, you know, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. That is how it is. The moment you fail to keep diligence in watching over your heart or I watch over my heart, suddenly it will produce death instead of life. That's why it says, keep, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the pleasures or the, 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 the issues of life. Then he goes, you know, if one of the things uh, you look on it is that you need daily to attend to your soil if its texture is to be maintained. And uh, the, as we look into what we have to share tonight, for every word or promise that you know, God has given unto you and unto me, the, the soil needs to be in the right setting if that word or that promise is going to produce a harvest. The same promise can be given to many people, but you'll find maybe one person manages to appropriate that promise and it becomes a reality while everybody else wonders and says, this prophecy was said about us. How come it has never happened for me? Or how come it has not happened in so-and-so's life? The texture of the soil makes all the difference. So, and that's the reason why it, uh, I, I will ask you a question. Have you ever wondered why? A certain word has never worked for you while, you know, it has worked for others. You can see many others. You can point others. It has worked for him. It has worked for, it has worked for that family. Why hasn't it worked for me? Instead of looking why, why all over, let us look at ourselves and start asking ourselves, what is the nature of my soil? Because if my soil is in the right setting, then the seed that has been planted will be able to grow. And so last time we touched on the aspect 
of standing by the wayside. And we mentioned various aspects. You can go to that particular message if you have time on the podcast. But today, I want us now to move on to the next, to the next soil. And let me read once again what the Word of God says in Luke. Remember, it is Luke chapter 8 from verse 4 up to verse 18. And what the Word of God says, And when the great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. That is the one that we are looking at today. That, you know, the sun fell on a rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered because it, uh, it, it lacked moisture. If you jump to verse 11, you can read the full passage later. Verse 11 says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Now I want you to take note of that. The devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts. Lest they should believe and be saved. Now, second one, but the ones on the rock, and that's the one we are touching on briefly, are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And why, and for a while, yeah, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now, realize that they receive the word. They get it. And with joy, they, they're happy. They have grass. Unlike the wayside, where it just went there because their mind was well where the word never registered as such. So the devil manages to creep into their hearts, steal the word, and he runs away. Now, what I have told you last time is remember, whenever a thief gets into a place, even if he was going for the jewelry, he enters into the house, and maybe he realizes, oh, there's cash, there's money cash there. He will reach out and take the cash as well as the, as the jewelry he had come for, and he will run away. That's the reason why you keep your heart, and I keep my heart with diligence, because if the enemy has an opportunity to step in, he will not only steal the word, he will even steal the one that you had yesterday, and the other time, and the other time, and run away to make sure that you don't realize a harvest. That was the wayside. But now we come to the one of the rock. The rocky ground has some soil which allows the seed to sprout and to start coming up. The Bible says it receives the seed with joy. However, the soil is so shallow, it cannot hold moisture to sustain the young seedling. And because of that, its root system is not developed. And as a result, it withers and it dies. And these, all these conditions, my beloved, they are being referred to disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are different categories of these disciples. Don't analyze this one and say maybe that one, the wayside, is for the unbelievers. No. It is yet can be for the be believing unbeliever. That is because he believed at one time and he's been already in the wayside side. That soil, the texture has changed. He's no longer receiving the word or I'm no longer receiving the word. The rocky one, as we have said, it is uh, that particular ground. 
that is sort of hard. The seed is not able to break completely through. So tonight, this morning, just quickly, a few, maybe we'll touch a few. What then is a rock ground or a, a, a rocky, a, a rock is it a rock ground or a rocky heart or a, or a stony ground or whatever it is? There are four main aspects that were laid upon my heart when I was meditating on this particular aspect of the hot of the hard ground. The first aspect was the rock, rock or stony ground when my heart or your heart is stony or anybody. First and foremost, it is a heart that is filled with uncertainty. There is aimlessness in this particular heart. It is filled with uncertainty or it has got mixed feelings. If you can take note of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, the word of God says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, verse 26, I do not run like someone running aimlessly or running with uncertainty. I do fight like a box. I do, I do not fight like a, box, a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. As aspect number one, which I wanted to think about it, that is essentially the rocky ground is the person who is not serious about commitment. They receive the word, but they are not committed. So when I am not committed and you are not committed to the word, we become the rocky ground. That is, you simply follow the crowd. Everybody is doing this. I also go to do the same. Or you also go to do, you also to go to do the same. These are the individuals who jump into the bandwagon and are always asking, what is in it for me? They are not. In, you know, they are only there for the little gains they can be able. So with joy they receive it because there's no. Oh, there's a blessing there. There's a blessing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm told I'll be healed. They come in for that one, but they are not committed to the cause that they are being called unto. They join the bandwagon. They really don't know where it is going. They just see these people are happy. Oh, let me join them. So also maybe they are going in a good direction, but they don't realize the road where that road is going to meander through. And as a result result the word does not have a place to be able to settle have you seen the pacemakers in the in the marathon races and in the other long, long long distance races these guys they jump into the race and they're up front and if you don't know that he's a pacemaker you only think hey, that guy is gonna win he's going so fast and so far ahead but within no time you realize hey, what happened the guy is not there. At some corner, the guy slips off into the ground and he, he, he disappears. My brother, my sister, we have not been called to be pacemakers. A, a rocky ground is the man or the woman who is a pacemaker. You are only keeping company everybody else, but you are not going where they are going. You are not reaching out to be able to receive the, 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 the prize. Realize, he said that, you know, one runs aimlessly beating the air. You, you know, have you seen, imagine a boxer, the other one is hitting him, but him is just launching out, just throwing blows, throwing blows in the air, and he says, I am a boxer. A stony heart 
is that heart that does not engage with the world, with the world as such to that particular level that it may be able to produce fruit. That is the stony heart is a man pleaser or you are out to please others. You're doing it because of him, because of her, but not because of the Lord. So may the Lord help us. That individual will not realize fruit in the walk with the Lord. And I will not realize fruit if that is the condition of my being. So remember that particular aspect. That is a heart that is filled with uncertainty. You are aimless in, the, in, the, in the reaching out to the things of God. You really don't know what you have been called unto. And so you are in these things because my father was in it, my mother was in it, my brother was in it, but you really don't know. Check your heart and I check my heart. That we may make sure that we are going to be a people that will get hold of this particular prize. And everybody will see what it is that we have gotten. Because I believe, because you believe, and you know what you believe. You are not escorting others like the pacemaker. Item number two, the rocky ground are the, is the other issue. The, the beloved ones who have not counted the cost. I have not counted the cost, or so you've not counted the cost. That is Luke chapter 14, verse 27 to 20. 27 to, 30, to 33. Luke chapter 14, 27 to 33. If you, if you read, if I read it just quickly, 27 to 33, the word of God says, says the following. That is the 27. Okay. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to, was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So, you go so likewise, whoever of, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Counting the cost. That is, in every promise of God, there is a cost to be, to, to be paid. There is a cost to be realized in our life, in our own personal life. Every promise that the Father gives unto us, let us go and sit down and look at that particular promise and seek to know what costs are attached to this particular promise. Because there is that, as we say, there is a denial that is at the end of the day required of you and of me if that promise is going to grow and is going to be realized. There are things that are going to be yanked out of my mind, of my mind mindset or my feelings or my emotions or my relations of every particular aspect those are rocks that are rocky grounds that are hindering the root system from being able to take root in this particular place and when these things are removed then my soil is starting to be changed so that it can receive that particular engrafted word of God which ends up bringing life and securing me in the grace that God has availed for me so you and I, let us look into our hearts. 
We can be saying that I sing wonderful hallelujahs and jumping up and down, but truly, am I a soil that is really receiving? Have I counted the cost? Real, remember what it is says. The way we have been called unto is not an easy going way. If you, if, you, if you look at uh, how the Bible, how the Word of God, how the Word of God pu puts it. It is not an easygoing way. That is in Luke chapter 13, verse 22 and 24. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he, went, he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Can you imagine that? Somebody comes out of the crowd and just asks him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? Meditate on that particular statement. It's a very interesting statement. Then he said, he said to him, make every effort to enter through the narrow gate. Make every effort to enter through the narrow gate, the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. It is self-explanatory. The rocky ground is that one that when you discover the heart is not willing to take that particular narrow path. Anytime you discover um, you're starting to withdraw, you're starting to shrink away from the path that God is calling you or I unto, let that start ringing bells. I am becoming rocky. I am becoming a rocky ground. And hence, you have got the opportunity to be able to reverse once again and say, oh no, I must deal with this so that God may be glorified in my, in my, in my life. That is, as Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus says some interesting words. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So the rocky ground means it is a heart that is not ready to deny self. Look in yourself as I look in myself. What is it that we exalt most in our lives? What is it that we can't be able to let go as the scripture that our dear ones are reading unto us, the branch that does not bear fruit, it is cut off and thrown into the fire and burnt. Why? Because it was a, a seedling, or it is a branch that was on rocky ground. It was not allowing itself to be fully grafted into, into the vine. And may God have mercy on you, and God have mercy on me. We may be able to pursue and get that particular promise that he has availed for us. Then the other aspect is on the, the not count, you have not counted the cost. Look at Acts chapter 14, verse 21 to 22. You can read those scriptures later. He says, they, And they preached the gospel in that city, and won a large number of disciples. That is Paul uh, and, his, and his team. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, saying, We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Interesting, the apostle is telling the disciples and the believers, the unbelievers and all the others, we, we must go through tribulation, we must go through persecution, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not easy sailing. Let us, let us face it. And our desire here at Hope Community Church, let us be a people who discover hardships are not going to stop us from being able to gain the promise and the purposes of God for you, for your family, for your children, and for yourself and for myself. Whatever hardship you know, penetrates through for the sake of the promise that has been laid before us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all for the glory of God. And just quickly, I, I, I will touch this, but the third aspect says that, that is the, the rocky ground 
Another aspect, before you come to the throne, you have not counted the cost. The other essence is that you are impatient or I am impatient. That is, we have, never, we, we have not developed that particular essence of patience in our hearts. We, we are like microwave, a microwave Christian who wants everything on the immediately that everything must show up, everything must show up. Otherwise, God is not working in my life. God doesn't work like that. Look at Jesus, 33 years it takes going all through these particular difficulties of, the, of, of, of life as a human being just to be able to go to the cross. And similarly, the promises, the glory was set before him. He finally got it after he died there at Calvary. The same case with us. Our blessings, our promises, our breakthroughs may not come today or tomorrow, but they will come. And he wants you and I to hold in. A rocky ground will not hold. The rocky soil will not allow that word to grow. He says, you have taken too long. It, it is not for me. They will be out seeking for another word of prophecy or another word of something to encourage them. They have forgotten what was spoken to them at the beginning. Hold on to what you have gotten. And as it has tickled something in your heart, hold on to it firm and decide I am not letting go until this word produces fruit for me and for my family and for my children for the glory of God it will in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that is I'll finish with, I'll finish with those particular two points my, my, our time is so far, so far gone I don't want to go further but let me read this, this particular two scriptures on that aspect of patience and then we shall be able to finalize Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 what I'm trying to say that the, the race we have been called unto is not a sprint it's not a 100 meter race it is 10,000 meters. You're going to run and run. Turn the corner and still you are running. Turn the other corner and still you are running. But the prize is somewhere along the way. Do not give up. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since you are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, with endurance, with patience. The rest marked out for us, fixing our eyes onto Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that is, that is self-explanatory. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience produces endurance, produces perseverance. Let patience, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That is the rocky ground. There are two more aspects. I will share them next time when we are together. But I want you to go meditating on that particular aspect. The stony ground, a heart that is filled with uncertainty. Check yourself. Am I really certain of all the promises that God has been given unto me, all the words that I've been reading? Have I, am I really certain of these particular promises? Secondly, have I counted the cost? Or I am a microwave Christian who wants everything yesterday. I don't like the narrow path. I want the wide one where everything goes easy and I have everything I want to get. That is not the way of the cross. Let us the grace of God be upon us that the patience also shall be developed in us. And we shall realize what God has desired of us in Jesus name. Amen.